This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Hello and welcome to Moose Talks this uh, Friday, February the 7th edition. Uh, later on, we're going to be talking to Lisa Jewell. She's the Outreach and Housing Coordinator at the Women's Resource Society. They're doing another homeless count this year. They're looking for volunteers. We're going to talk about what that is and how you can get involved. First up, though, our MLA for Peace River North, Dan Davies, joins me now. Hey, Dan, how you good doing? Good morning. Hey, doing awesome. That's doing awesome. good. Well, uh, hey, it's not minus 40. Things no, are good. No, thank goodness. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> things look it up. Uh, so government's about to reopen on this Tuesday yep. with a speech from the throne. I thought we'd start with that. You know, uh, when you know what it is, you just kind of throw the term around. But if you don't know what it is, you might be like, what? So why don't you tell us quickly kind of what the speech from the throne is? Yep. Uh, so the speech, uh, the throne speech is on Tuesday. Uh, it is basically where government uh, basically lays out the roadmap for the coming year. So, you know, what are their general plans, big ideas that they want to accomplish and uh, move forward with. So it's just that simple. And then, of course, the following Tuesday mm-hmm. is budget day. And then the budget day usually aligns with the throne speech. But it's the money piece of it that comes forward. How much money are they going to put here? How much money here? Mm-hmm. You know, what they expect to make as a government, surpluses and everything else. So that's kind of the, the process. And then uh, from there, that's where the interesting stuff happens. Then we have our uh, uh, budget estimates, which mm-hmm. is basically our debate, where we each of our critic roles, we sit down with the minister, uh, go through each of the ministries line by line, ask questions, how does this is impact you know, this or this or my community or this community. And, and that takes us right through till May, mm-hmm. uh, going through each of those uh, those ministries. So that's kind of the process. Throne speech, budget, then we do the, the debates. So the uh, budget estimates. will be one of the last things you kind of vote on. The, it, it pretty much is the last week. Yeah, yeah it, of, it's of usually around that session. last week of the uh, spring session. So that'll happen in May sometime I see. Uh, okay. when we vote on that. So obviously this is a big thing and it's a presentation uh, that, you know, British Columbians can read about and, and hear about and see about For if they sure. want to watch it. Uh, is that the first time you're going to hear as an opposition member what the government is planning on doing? Or is this something you'll kind of already have maybe heard about before it happens? No, it is uh, top secret. Yeah. Uh, we find out uh, Tuesday afternoon when it is read by the lieutenant governor, who mm-hmm. actually reads the, the throne speech on behalf of the government, mm-hmm. uh, mimics the same throne speech as, as the federal government does. Um, and like I say, it, uh, you know, we have ideas sure. you know, of things that might be in there. Uh, we have things that we think should be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see and follow up on a conversation when that <laughs> happens. Now, on that topic, I mean, what are, you, what are you expecting to see and what are you hoping to see out of this uh, throne speech? I imagine they might be two different things, but yeah. uh, uh, you can even focus more on what you're hoping to see. Well, you know, if, if we're looking at, uh, they, they didn't do well with their books last year, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest. I mean, they're, um, you know, we got another two months left, uh, roughly before the new fiscal year. They're pretty much out of money right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the finance minister has actually gone to each of the ministries and say, you know, said roll back. Uh, they've had to do some other, you know, other cutting as well um, and rejigging numbers just to get them through, uh, yeah, through into March. Now, things that we, you know, think that need to be in there and, and uh, which are important for us up here is, you know, what kind of commitments are we going to see in the resource sectors? Mm-hmm. What are we going to see with oil and gas? What are we going to see with forestry especially? Uh, what are we going to see in mining? 
how are we going to see the agriculture uh, uh, sector supported? Mm-hmm. And those are big things. You know, if we look at even look at over the last couple of years, but certainly this last year, um, you know, we've taken a hit on competitiveness. Mm-hmm. We've taken a hit across the board. It doesn't matter what it is. And this is why we're starting to see, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, the forest sector uh, taking a big hit. Our, our stumpage fees are right out of line. Uh, the red tape across the board, and that's in all sectors. You know, it's we have a hard permitting process in BC. Uh, there's so many loops that have to be gone through, you know, and, and you, you have your, you know, your goalpost here. And just as, you know, as you get to it, well, it's moved now. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we have a different set of criteria. <coughs> Excuse me. And those things need to be looked at. We need to come up with some, some way. The government needs to come up with a way to support our industry mm-hmm. uh, to get them, you know, over the finish line on some of these projects. Because we need a robust uh, resource sector if we're going to be able to support all the other things that we want. You know, that's good health care, education, uh, the social services that we all rely on. That has to happen. And there needs to be something in the budget, you know, for this. And, you know, interestingly enough, they've... Uh, they, they call it a cabinet shuffle. I'm not sure what it was. I mean, they moved basically. They swapped two people. <laughs> um, you know, but the, the new Minister of uh, Jobs and Labor, they've actually added competitiveness onto that ministry. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. And, and I imagine there will be something around the throne speech in the budget uh, about attracting investment and capital dollars into B.C. Because right now, it's leaving. Mm-hmm. There are no capital dollars coming to B.C. And that's not a good thing. So there needs to be some stuff um, you know, around, around that. Okay. Now what does that look like? Uh, I mean, is that more stimulus to maybe jumpstart things or do you think it's deregulation, a combination of both? It's a combination of both. Um, you know, we, we've seen, you know, we've seen, uh, uh, you know, assistance for the LNG projects and, and there's a lot of people that say, oh, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be doing that. Um, but you got to look at the bigger picture. You got to look at the positive impact that is is put on the economy with those companies that come in and hire thousands of people and and really get the economy going. So it's not, you know, it's not just hey the government's paying these companies. Well, no, the, it's actually the companies that are, you know, bringing these dollars to to the provincial government. So there needs to be some sort of things that need to be looked at around that. Uh, but the bigger piece is is the red tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it like I say, it's it's hard to get to yes on any project in this province. I mean, it's hard in Canada. You know, Canada is, is a jurisdiction, and, and, there's, and, you know, there's, there's good and bad on both. I mean, it, you know, it's good we have good environmental policies. I mean, you know, Canada's looked to as we do things right, and we always have. Like, Canada's always been cutting edge when it comes to the resource sector, uh, you know, especially innovation within, you know, the oil and gas industry. So it, it, it's great that we have these, but there's a line. And BC has gone way overboard on trying to get to yes. And this is why we're, you know, constantly seeing these projects delayed, delayed, delayed. You know, we get the premier that, you know, is, I don't know how much tax money has been spent on fighting the Trans Mountain. Mm -hmm. You know, knowing full well that they wouldn't win the court cases. So these are just things that we need to move beyond uh, and come up with some way that we can, you know, support the uh, resource sector. I see. Okay. Now, is there, uh, is there anything, and maybe you can't tell us this, but I'll ask anyway, that, because uh, private member bills come out every once in a while, uh, is there anything the Liberals or, or you are planning on maybe putting forward in this session that you would like to see that your 
you're planning that maybe is something that the government could uh, vote with you on and pass. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, I mean, private members' bills, you know, as, as you know, are more of a statement than anything at the yeah. end of the day. Uh, sometimes you do get movement, though. Mm-hmm. They may not bring our bill for debate, but they might do their own bill that kind of mimics ours or or whatever. We saw that with the vaping bill that's come out. We've seen that with the time change bill. We've a couple other bills. Um, You know, one thing that I'm looking at, uh, I'm working on right now, my own private member's bill, uh, is around, um, you know, consultation, how the government consults, meaningful consultation, Mm -hmm. and what that looks like. So that's a bill that I'm working on right now that I'm uh, hoping to introduce in the spring session. And, uh, you know, that, that is, you know, I, I can't talk for my other colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these are, are, are done on their own, uh, within their own critic roles or something that pertains to their own, their own writings that they represent. Um, but like I say, you know, that is one that we keep hearing about uh, up in this area, whether we're talking the caribou issue uh, and so on and so forth about uh, meaningful consultation, not just here's a draft document. Really, we're just going to consult to get the ticky box. So. I see. Now, would it would be something, that, some way that a law is changed or made that would uh, make the government have these meaningful consultations? It, accountability. Yeah. You know, it, it's holding the government to account. Um, you know that when they do, you know, there, there's all it, it's all around transparency. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we are all part of the government. As as you know, we're we, we expect the government to do in what is best for us. And we should be seeing what the government is doing for us. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to these, you know, and, and we've been seeing a lot of stuff, you know, up here in the Northeast uh, around land management. You know, mm-hmm. whether we're talking, you know, the caribou has been a big one. It still is a big one. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing treaty land entitlement processes. We're doing uh, the land resource management plan is now just underway. Uh, those are big things that are, that are on the land that, you know, we all use and, and we all appreciate. But there needs to be... Uh, and, and the, the keyword is meaningful. There mm-hmm. needs to be this meaningful engagement, transparent, open. You know, we are listening to you as as people that, that are up here, and we will take that into account when we start moving forward on these policies. So that's really important to, uh, you know, to have because we have not been seeing that. And we've, you know, the, the prime example is the caribou issue. You know, all of a sudden, here's a draft document. Um, we're going to do consultation after the fact because you guys found out we're doing this mm-hmm. and uh, we'll call it consultation. But really, after that, the draft now becomes reality. Mm-hmm. That's not right. Yeah. What are you as an opposition member, uh, being that the caribou recovery is so uh, is, is in your constituency, it's happening to you. It's happening for Mike Bernier, the Peace River South. What do you guys do as opposition members to kind of keep that? hammering away on the government on that you know with along with the party given well, your opposition you, and, status. and interesting you say that and you know uh, it, it it's a unique role that opposition mlas play mm-hmm. uh we are not government uh, of course the ndp is government they're the ones that are driving the ship right now uh we're trying to throw anchors down trying to throw our oars in the water but mm-hmm. uh that's really what we do um you know we we try to influence change and that's uh, by introducing private members' bills, you know, getting getting media response, uh, doing stuff like this, talking to talking to local media, getting people talking, mm-hmm. getting people to write letters to government. Uh, people still have a big say mm-hmm. in, in in the government in this uh, in this world. You know, you can write your ministers, you can write the MLAs, um, you know, and that that's impactful. Uh, you know, we can, you know, petitions. I mean, Mike Bernier, uh, you know, working with the chambers, you know, they collected thirty five thousand signatures on the Caribou. That's impactful. 
-hmm. when you have to have two pages, you know, carrying, you know, two feet of pages up up to the legislature, that gets media coverage. Mm -hmm. um, and it was enough to, you know, get the premier up here. Like, ooh, okay, there is a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, so those are the things that we're constantly doing is is trying to just keep being that, you know, that pebble in a person's shoe <laughs> that they just walk with and it's like, okay, I gotta take this pebble out. And that's we're that pebble. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we can't we can't direct the change, but we can influence the change and that's what we keep to try just keep trying to do on everything. Yeah. And and making sure that, you know, we up here in the northeast, you know, whether it's myself, uh, or, or Mike Bernie and Peace River South um, you know, recognize this is not Victoria. Mm -hmm. This is not Vancouver. You know, cookie cutter approaches on on bills and and policy. You know, what might be good there is not good up here, and it's not good for us up here. So we just need to make sure that they hear us. Okay, and I want to get in this uh, very quickly. You've already kind of touched on it on meaningful <laughs> consultation. Uh, the government is planning on hosting some open houses in early March on treaty land transfers that are happening near uh, Charlie Lake and Red Creek. Uh, I mean. This has been going on for some time. Again, people saying they haven't been consulted well enough. Uh, this seems to be uh, perhaps a step in attempting to be mm -hmm. maybe do more of that meaningful consultation. What else does the government need to be doing on this file to keep people, more people happy, you think? Listen. They need to listen. Um, you know, we've, uh, and, and, it's, and it's listened to both sides. Yeah. Meaningfully. I mean, you know, to actually be engaged with the public, not to be, you know, they can't be afraid of the answers they're going to get. You mm -hmm. know, they, they can't, you know, because right now they're walking in with already, here's what we're going to do. Now let's consult. You know, I, I think, you know, again, these are, you know, there's the, the relationships up here, I think, between our, our, our Indigenous people and, and non-Indigenous people has been, has been very good over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we work with each other. We go to school with each other. I mean, it's been great. Um, you know, so I, I think the... I, I think the government needs to be looking and listening to people that live here uh, on both sides, uh, talking to people, finding out, you know, what, what are the impacts going to be long term? How is this building relationships for everybody? Um, you know, and, and it, goes, it goes back to being realistic, being meaningful on the conversation. I keep using that meaningful because it needs to be. You, you can't just come in, you know, with these, here's what we're going to do anyways. We're just listening to you guys because we have to. Mm -hmm. That's not going to work for anybody. So there's, um, there's a lot of stuff moving forward. There's some great work happening around the TLE right now uh, with, you know, with a lot of the different uh, uh, communities around here. But um, there are some ones that are, are contentious and they're being worked through. And uh, it needs to be done, I think, with long-term, you know, long-term goals in mind. Absolutely. All right, Dan, we're going to have to leave it there for now, but thank you so much for making that. Yeah, I appreciate uh, some time it. I'm to... sure we'll follow up uh, following the budget and, Absolutely. and we can have a real good, robust discussion. <laughs> then. You might have to bring me in the whole half hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to see about that. All right, that's Dan Davies, MLA for Peace River North. Thanks again for stopping by. Uh, we're going to be talking to Lisa Jewell right after this on Moose Talks. We're hosting the games. The games work. Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Uh, we've got Lisa Jewell here now, the Outreach and Housing Coordinator from the Women's Resource Society. How's it going this morning, Lisa? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Now, uh, you guys have the, or I guess, I don't know if you're hosting it. Maybe you can explain this to me a bit. Uh, but the homeless count is coming up, and you're, you're soliciting volunteers to help out with the count. Uh, this was done a couple of years ago. We're doing it again this year, I believe, in March. Uh, why don't you start by telling us a bit about what the homeless count is exactly? 
So the homeless count is essentially a snapshot of a point in time mm-hmm. of how many people are experiencing homelessness in our community. Um, homelessness in this case is being defined as anybody who does not have a residence of their own that they have paid rent at where they can stay for a minimum of 30 days. Okay. So um, we're hoping to capture a bit more of the individuals in Fort St. John who are couch surfing. These numbers are being collected by the Fort St. John Women's Resource in conjunction with the Homelessness Services Association of BC. I see. So there's 16 communities in British Columbia that are going to be doing the homeless count in hopes to add on to the data that was collected from the homeless count in 2018. I see. Is the hope that, or they hoping to see if there's been like major changes or just kind of like to get a broader idea of here's kind of where we're at now, two years later? I think it's more of a here's where we're at. Yeah. Um, we've only had one homeless count in yeah. St. John before, so this is really exciting because it's going to give us an opportunity to really study that data and see what we're looking at. Is there more seniors needing assistance? Is there more youth needing assistance? Um, what are the percentage of people that are just staying with friends? Mm-hmm. Why are they experiencing homelessness? And it's going to give us an opportunity to assess our own services so that we can make sure that we are, A, providing the services that are needed to um, pe- people experiencing homelessness in Fort St. John. Mm-hmm. And if there's something new that we need to come up with, then we can collaborate with the other nonprofits in Fort St. John and kind of go from there okay now homelessness uh in fort st john i imagine looks different than homelessness does in prince george or it looks like in vancouver or victoria right uh you kind of mentioned it already uh homelessness can include people who are couch surfing for example what what other kind of situations are we looking at there? right so uh we're going to be counting people um so couch surfing we refer to as hidden homelessness. Mm-hmm. They're not out there on the street. You don't see them. They might not necessarily be using services in the community. They're relying on their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's a case of, hey, buddy, I just need a place to stay for a little while. But they, everybody knows it's temporary. Yeah. So where are they going to go? Well, how are they going to get back on their feet? We are really trying to reach out to those people to get themselves counted Uh, We're going to have multiple ways on how they can be counted. Mm -hmm. Um, But we can't provide services or provide assistance if we don't know that they're there. So other types of homelessness, we're going to be counting people that are staying in the shelter. We're reaching out to RCMP for anybody that might be spending a night or two in city cells, hospitals, hotels, stairwells, back alleys, pretty much anywhere we can find somebody that is... Uh, taking up residence in a place that is not a residence. Mm-hmm. Now, I can understand how you find almost all of those people, as you mentioned, but the hidden homelessness, how how do you count that? Is that some, do these people have to sort of self-report? Absolutely. So uh, what we're hoping is that we can create enough awareness with our bright yellow posters and our advertisements and word of mouth and our fabulous community so that we can get word out to people that are in these situations where they can say, gosh, well, I'm kind of in this situation. Maybe I should be counted. Mm-hmm. So it's a completely n- anonymous, non-judgmental survey, and we're going to collect the data, get it to the province so that everything can be officially analyzed. Okay. So, I mean, even that, I mean, that sounds like it, you're going to have almost everybody, but because of that hidden homelessness, that presents a problem because... I mean, people essentially have to self-report, as you say, and I imagine there's quite a stigma to, 
even admit that you're kind of in that situation, right? So even then, there still might be some people who slip through the cracks on this, right? Absolutely. We're expecting a dark figure, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, we know it's not going to cover absolutely everybody. Um, the homeless count that was conducted in 2018, we had 61 people reported. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that number is low. Fort St. John is a transient community, and we all know that people come and go from Fort St. John with, you know, the hopes or expectations of long-term maybe camp employment, yeah. different types of employment, and then they experience different barriers once they arrive. Maybe they don't have tickets or a place to stay, or things just don't quite fall into place, and that's quite common. We see that a lot. But that hidden homeless piece is really what we're going to be trying to reach out and reassure people that... Yes, we know that this is something that might be hard to admit, even to yourself, but your information is so valuable. Mm -hmm. um, we need those people to come on down. Uh, Shell Canada, on the day of the event, is going to be hosting a fantastic barbecue lunch for free for the community in the healing place of the Fort St. John Women's Resource Society. So we're hoping that that'll get people out and about and come on down and enjoy the sunshine, hopefully, <laughs> and uh, participate in the event because the numbers matter. The people that are on the couches matter so much. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're definitely doing everything we can. Even if we're reaching out to people in Fort St. John, and they happen to know somebody who is in that situation, it might be a simple conversation of, hey, I heard on the radio the women's resource is doing the homeless count. Let's go grab a burger. Yeah. Nice. You know? Okay. So is this, uh, you mentioned now uh, the data is very uh, important for the local situation in that you know now how many people approximately are uh, experiencing homelessness. Here's what we can do to make sure we have the resources. Does this information also go to the provincial government so that they know sort of what we're looking at? It absolutely does. Um, so the Homelessness Services Association of BC reports to the provincial government. Okay. And then their determination on how they respond to the numbers is totally based on their analysis. Mm -hmm. So all we can do is really try to boost those numbers and hope it goes north. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you have any expectation as to how the situation may have changed since 2018? Do you think there might be more homeless or more people experiencing homelessness now? Or I think maybe the stigma might have been reduced a little more and people might be a little more comfortable self-reporting. And okay. we're also going to have other ways to report this year as well. So it's going to be easier. You're trying to make it easier anyway. Trying to. Mm -hmm. So um, there's two important dates. We are looking for volunteers that are compassionate, accept, accepting, and most importantly, comfortable with having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a stranger about mm -hmm. sometimes a difficult topic. But the stories you're gonna hear are incredible. Mm -hmm. So when we collect these volunteers, we have an event happening on February 27th. There's two sl time slots during the day, one in the afternoon and the evening for convenience. Uh, it's a mandatory training day for any volunteers. Mm -hmm. uh, then they come on out on the count the day of the count, March 11th, and there's going to be different jobs. So we're going to have people with maps that are actually assigned to certain parts of the city. They're going to be out and about walking around, talking to people that look like they may have a camp set up, or maybe somebody phoned the women's and said, hey, we know of an individual who's been sleeping in the stairwell of this apartment building. We're going to go try to find them and have a conversation and let them know that, you know, they matter and they should be counted because they are just as important as everybody else.
Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, if you want to volunteer, if you're interested or have more questions, uh, how's the best way to do that to get a, get involved? So we do have a website. Um, we encourage everybody has to register on the website. Mm -hmm. I see it there. We could uh, provide a link for that as well. Beautiful. So, um, yeah, and it just asks a couple of questions, what you're willing to do, what your schedule is like. Mm -hmm. uh, some people might be riding a bike collecting surveys. Some people might be driving their car, going to specific areas. They're all going to have uh, training provided mm -hmm. and be fully aware um, routes are going to take place in groups of people to ensure the safety of the volunteers. But this is this is a really exciting event, and we're hoping to get 50 volunteers. Okay. So if we can get 50 people patrolling the city, and another exciting part that we're going to have for the surveys this year is we're actually having a phone line to the women's resource. One of our lines is going to be dedicated for people to actually just call in. Mm -hmm. If you're in that situation, and that's how we're really hoping to um, get in touch with some of the hidden homeless, because they might have more access to a phone and they might feel a little more comfortable if they're not physically coming down to report their situation. I see. And okay. we're just grateful for anybody who would like to participate. Okay. And what are the days that the uh, count's actually happening on? So the count is taking place on March 11th. Okay. I see. And then, then you said in the afternoon and the evening of that day. No, that'll be an all-day thing. So that's oh, a 24-hour okay. count. I see. Um, but the training has the two sessions. That's on uh, February 27th. Okay. All right. All good information. Uh, we'll make sure to put that uh, link up there. Uh, I assume you follow Women's Resource Society on Facebook. There's information and not, whatnot up there. Uh, we're going to have a poster up in our front room that'll have information as well. So very important initiative. Hopefully you can make some time uh, to volunteer for it. And if you can't, make sure everybody knows that it's happening. So if you're that uh, person who's experiencing homelessness, maybe hidden homelessness, come out, talk about it, and maybe uh, going forward, help to improve the situation for everybody. Absolutely. And if people do have further questions, by all means, give us a call down at the Women's Resource Society at 250-787-1121. We're happy to answer any questions. Um, or just provide general information as well. Excellent. Lisa, thank you so much for stopping by to talk to us about this today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. It's Lisa Jewell, the uh, Outreach and Housing Coordinator from the Women's Resource Society. We'll be right back to wrap things up here on Moose Talks. CMA and Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks again to Lisa Jewell for stopping by to talk about the homelessness count. They're doing it again March 11th. Uh, we will provide the link where you can uh, sign up to volunteer. If uh, you don't have time to look at that, well, you can follow them on Facebook for more information about that. A very important initiative. And again, thanks for Dan Davies, the MLA for Peace River North, for stopping by. The uh, throne speech is on Tuesday. Find out what the government has in store, and I'm sure uh, Dan won't be quiet about what he thinks about the throne speech when it comes out. Uh, our producer of Moose Talks today in the studio is Serena Deschner. It's also produced by Tracy Teves. I'm Dub Craig. Keep being awesome. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.